Welcome to Back to Basics Babies, Bodies and Behavior. And this is a podcast with Mel Krill and me, Ulrika Kasselbrandt. And I guess we should start with introducing ourselves. Uh, my name is Ulrika Kasselbrandt and I live in Sweden, Stockholm. Uh, I'm a baby wearing consultant and also a um, baby wearing educator, I guess I could say. I run a peer supporting course. I also written a book about elimination communication and I am a doula. Uh, and you, Mel, you want to say some words about you? Yeah, I'm Mel Cyril. I live in Ipswich in England. Um, and I'm a baby wearing and in arms carrying trainer. Um, I'm the author of In Arms Carrying and I do some public speaking as well. Yes, great. And my book about elimination communication is in Swedish. So uh, not many English readers <laughs> yet. Yeah, unfortunately. Yes, Bebis po Pottan, if any Swedish listeners are wondering mm. which book that is. And today's subject for the pod is babies and communication. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we all also got some questions about this. I asked some of our... Uh, listeners or asked in some of the Facebook groups that I are that I am in about questions concerning babies and communication. So we will bring up some of those questions during the pod. Um, yeah. But I, I guess we could just start to talk about uh, what is communication when it comes to babies. Like, what does it look like? And do you want to say any words? Start out with that one. Yeah. Um, well, it's. It's um, it comes in different forms, doesn't it? So um, we have physical and verbal communication, um, and each type of communication um, can be more or less effective depending on how aware we are of that form of communication. Um, a lot of communication goes unnoticed, doesn't it? With um, especially babies, um, as not not all um, not all of their communication is understood by every caregiver. No, and I guess some of the communication can be very subtle, mm, and some yeah. more more loud. And I guess what you first think about is like the sound of screaming and and when reading books about uh, child psychology, it's the screaming is brought up a lot. But I think like all of the other ways of communication for the baby is much more, much more, <laughs> would you say, versatile or like mm. important, gives much more messages. Um, Definitely. But something that would connect communication to the, the the things we talked about last episode was reflexes, and and I think it's so interesting how babies communicate through reflexes a lot in the beginning. Mm, yeah, and okay. also by the the big like how they use their body in like movement, big mm -hmm. movements, um, like we talked about, and that they kind of the whole being of the child is like communicating to the to the parents that take care mm -hmm. of me uh, you need to hold me cuddle me uh, stroke me 
touch me um, because it's, it's it's essential for the baby. Otherwise, it wouldn't survive if if we don't take care of them in, in the yeah. first couple of months and, of course, onwards. But in the beginning, it's so, it's so important. Um, but about the reflexes, uh, there are also these um, sound reflexes that they have, mm-hmm. that they use, the... Priscilla Dustin, do you know about her? Dunstan baby language. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. They haven't yeah. done any. They haven't done any research studies on this. Any studies on this mm-hmm. yet? But uh, there's still some reflex sounds and uh, like ne for hunger and yeah. they would make the sound of ow for tired and he for not feeling comfortable. I've seen this in my old children, and and when working mm, in a shop, here. sling shop, there was a lot of ne, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ne, 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 and ow. Uh, yeah. So I heard it quite a lot. So even though there hadn't been any scientific studies on this yet, I still, I, I do think there can be something with this. I agree. Uh, and, and so it's not just reflexes that the that the body uses for muscle contractions. With mm-hmm. like limbs is also uh, reflexes when it comes to sound. That that's a form of communication. But then I don't know if these mm. reflex sounds is more, if there are more late signals from the baby than early signals from the baby. And I guess it depends on the baby as well. How? Yeah, definitely. But of course, there's also things like eye contact, giving the smile. Mm-hmm. Um, posture as well uh, that they communicate with the posture especially when you're holding them mm. um, and noise other noise like grunting and stuff like that uh, of course do you have anything more to say about that about like the explanation on on what what you can count as baby communication um well I think you've covered it pretty well there um I think also um it's important to recognize that the communication is two way as well mm-hmm. um that um we should be communicating with our babies as well um and i think that comes up a lot with ec um the focus being on the communication side of things kind of opens up a different sort of dialogue between caregiver and baby doesn't it um but not not just verbally um recognizing what what they're communicating to us and reflecting that back to them that's important too obviously um but also the fact that um we we can communicate to them with our bodies as well um sort of a, a very basic example is you know when when they're needing to be held and the fact that the act of holding them to our bodies is communication mm-hmm. in and of itself isn't it so yeah it's i think it's very interesting the act of holding communicating to the baby like I'm holding you, you're yes. safe. Um, yeah, yeah. The the contact, the bodily contact is signalling to them through through their skin, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, 
It's all very, very fascinating. Yeah, and, and I think uh, it's so... I mean, they have done research on premature babies mm, and the kangaroo yep. care and, like, um, having the baby skin to skin um, helps with regulating the heartbeat, mm-hmm. uh, temperature, and also um, that the child should remember to breathe because a preemie mm. might not remember to breathe all the time so they need to be be reminded of breathing sometimes and you can use like a water bed uh, so the baby's own movement would trigger like to remember to breathe mm-hmm. or also that the babies hold um, chest to chest and so that's a very that's very much communication from the parent's body mm. to the, the the baby's body and I think that's really fascinating. And I guess also like the exchange of hormones going on or oxytocin from the baby mm-hmm. triggers oxytocin in the mother and prolactin and, and stuff like that. So um, it's also important, but we don't talk about it as communication that much, but I'm thinking no. it must be. One of the questions that we got uh, from Gabriella Olsson Markesjö in Sweden was how baby's communication change over time mm. from baby to toddler uh, generally and also like concerning elimination communication and, and breastfeeding and maybe if you just say some words about what elimination communication is in case of someone does not know that but elimination communication means that you learn uh, the baby's routines or signals or you use your own intuition for when the baby is communicating that it needs to uh, use uh, needs to eliminate pee or poop and you can use a potty to facilitate this if you want to um, you like answering the baby's signals or routine by offering a, a place for the baby to pee or poop but it could be the diaper because it could also be the toilet yeah. or a potty or and usually you hold the baby in a spread squats position because it makes it easier for the baby to to poop um Yes, so, but back to the question, how does baby's communications change over time? Do you want to start with that one? Yeah, um, well, as you touched on earlier, um, all babies are different with their communication. Um, there's, I think, there's there are different things that a lot of babies tend to do. Um, which makes sort of becoming aware of um, what they're trying to say um, easier to understand if you've got sort of some point of reference. So, for example, um, we were talking about um, the the reflexive sounds that they make. Um, no, you know we we hear we hear these sounds anyway, don't we? Regardless of whether we know what they mean or not, um, but having information which clarifies what that could mean um, opens up a, a whole new world, doesn't it? Um, so yeah, uh, babies tend to communicate both verbally and physically so physically in terms of um, body movements um, eye contact and all of that so 
over time it tends it it changes how it changes i think varies from baby to baby or it certainly has with um my my three who i've practiced ec with they've had Mm -hmm. a lot of things which were very similar but then um especially i think i've i've been more aware of the physical communication that they've um that they've communicated by um so for example um my 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 third child i can't remember (laughs) got so many (laughs) he um something that he he used to do um as he began sort of exploring his environment um when when he was crawling um he would come back to me and hit me Mm -hmm. um and i think i think it was basically his his way of um so i i'd been signing do you want to go to the toilet to him mm-hmm. yeah um so he he'd obviously learnt um you know to to understand that th- this this means toilet and mm-hmm. um i think it was a friend of mine actually who who made the the connection when I was like, oh, you know, I signed to him, but he he doesn't sign to me. He he hits me, mm. <laughs> and she was like, oh, but it's kind of like like what you're doing. It might be his, you know, less refined motor skills kind of way of of signing back to you because it is, you know, it's like it's it's a pretty complicated hand, actually, you know, getting your hand like that, getting your finger into that position. So yeah, so the what i'm trying to say with this is that it's it's interesting when a baby is not able to communicate with the words that you are communicating to them because they obviously how they babble and everything i'm sure that that to them they are they're talking to us as we are talking to them it just it just isn't making sense to us at the moment because they haven't refined the speech or what have you um so yeah, it's it's interesting thinking about how babies interpret different ways of trying to communicate and um come up with with their own ways of doing it. And it I think it it can be difficult as well because you have to really be present to um to how they're communicating and make these links because even that, you know, when when she'd said about this, it was like, oh yeah, that's actually really quite obvious. But it, it's never obvious <laughs> before someone points it out, is it? Well, at least it isn't for me. Um, no, I know. I, re- I recorded my my youngest son once. He was sitting at the table eating. Mm. I, maybe he was ten or eleven month old, and I just recorded for fun because it would be fun to have later on. Yeah, I thought. And then when I looked at the video, I was like, oh, he's communicating so much and I didn't see it. You know, yeah. when I was with him, I saw some of the stuff, but not like the the, the big dialogue that he was yeah. was uh, mm. carrying on. So it's like, so that's what I sometimes I tell that to parents that film yourself with your baby and look at it afterwards and see like if you can see other stuff that are happening that you don't see. That's a really good idea. If you're curious idea. about yeah. it. 
and mm. and I think we we should really discuss the question of like um, how what can make it easier to understand your baby. Uh, but I just want to say something about if I'm sorry, maybe you want to say something more about that. No, 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 that's no. fine. My how I have observed like communication when it comes to to EC, and also I think now also when it comes to a lot of other general communication from the baby, it's it's very much reflexive in the in the beginning, mm. and especially when it mm. comes to EC and them communicating, feeling that they need to pee or poop because the babies yeah. feel from the beginning of life that they feel a sensation just like we do when we are grown ups. They, we can't mm. know how they feel it, how they sense it in the body, but they they feel that something is going on something Definitely. makes me feel different mm-hmm. and they would communicate that and when doing my son when i know when he was like two or three or four months old he would signal to me that he needed to pee by uh, by making eye contact and making this sound eh? mm. uh, and then he could kind of be surprised when i took him to the bathroom and took <laughs> off the diaper and he would pee and he'd be like what what are you doing you know mm-hmm. so it's much like mm-hmm. he couldn't choose not to signal he would signal without like knowing what would happen next but then when he got to about eight months he would stop this signaling Mm -hmm. and he could kind of more choose to signal or not to signal Mm -hmm. uh and that was very frustrating (laughs) yeah but then after Mm -hmm. a while he started using this also sign language for p and the sign Mm -hmm. for p when he was about 10 months I think and he did that for a week and I was so slow in in getting in understanding him so I was like uh-huh. so then he stopped I was like no, no. <laughs> but then he started He's like you weren't this. listening to me yeah uh, there's no uh, point and he wasn't signaling now. for a month <laughs> but then he was 11 months and I think then he started to say like the sound that I had used with him when I was holding him over the the toilet I would say X, and he started to use in that himself and saying Ksa. That's like Kissa is the name for P in Swedish. So, but then he could also like choose to say it or not yeah. to say mm-hmm. it. So that was voluntary. And it's the same with like the physical reflexes that get integrated um, when caring. They also get like it changed. It can become voluntary. Definitely, uh, yeah. but they're still there, and you could I could still like watch my eight year old and six year old sometimes if I see they need to pee, they have a very hard time to stand still, mm-hmm. so of course yeah. they have some <laughs> reflexes <laughs> still, uh, but a lot of it is much more voluntary mm. and That's I'm thinking really interesting. It must... the um, yeah and I'm... the sa- the sound thingy that you said as well, because um, both number three and number four um did a similar thing. Um, with number three, it was at eight months old, starting mm-hmm. to go for poo, mm-hmm. like making a sound. Um, and it was, I think, at seven months for number four. Um, and it's like, oh my god, oh, this is like my communication, <laughs> like this whole yeah. like wow thing going on. Um, but that. The, it, where I'm going with this is um, it mm-hmm. it leads into um, another um, question that we had, and I don't have the the names of the people here, but um, someone I'll fill in the name. Yeah, someone asked about um, what what do I do about my my baby um, protesting the potty 
not not wanting to use it and then when I leave them alone they then happily go in in their nappy or what have you yeah or give them a toy or something that distracts them it's the question is by Emma Hedin okay also in in Sweden yes yeah so I said I when when I read that question I (laughs) I had a little chuckle because um obviously um it may it may not happen for every baby but it's it's very such a common thing that i hear and that i've experienced with my own children um so how how you were talking about that question i don't know if if i've interpreted it in a different way um is is she asking about um distracting them when they when they on the potty to to go or is it that that they they don't want to go on the potty and then they will go in their nappy elsewhere when you leave them alone uh it was both that if they're on the potty and mm. uh, not wanting to to go uh, mm. or they want to stand up or something and but you can distract them and then they will relax and pee or that you want them to come to the potty you see they need to pee but they don't want to come and then you distract them or play or something and they will uh, change their mind and happily come to the pot and relax oh, and okay. pee. Yeah, so I, I read that differently. I was No, I think it was it my like, translation. Oh, why, yeah, no, my they, tra- um... English translation wasn't wasn't that um, correct, but it's very, very uh, common. Uh, I think most people see it in different ages. Uh, I would interpret that as that the baby is communicating, like... Yeah. I want stuff in another way. It could be for for a young or young child child it could be like it's too cold or I don't like mm-hmm. that bright light shining into my eyes or um you're holding me in a way that's not comfortable or I have air, I need to burp first or I need to I have too much stomach in uh, food in my stomach so you can't hold me in this way so they might want to change or for the for the older child I would usually say that Or ask the parent, like, what interests the baby uh, right now? Can you integrate what interests the baby right now into um, your potty routine? Like, it could be, like, right now, sound is very fun. So maybe to have something to um, play, like, a drum drum on something? Or is it just fun to open stuff? Uh, Or is it fun to um, have a book with sounds? Or is... Is language focused right now, so maybe you want to sing together with your child or doing stuff like that. Um, if the baby continues to protest, I would not recommend to to keep the baby on the potty. Then it's better to do something else for a while. And you could try if you really need know that the the baby needs to go, and it's usually the baby feels much more satisfied giving a poop on the potty you could like carry your child for a while and then usually it will signals again because um, when you when you carry the child no matter what age um, it will the signals will be more clear and it will probably hold itself as well it won't pee on you uh, depending on the age uh, and stuff like that but uh, like if the baby is in a um, during like a phase of development mm. uh, uh, it will it might pee on you, but otherwise usually they don't so yeah um I think th- this is a a good point to 
mention, especially for UK listeners, where EC isn't as popular over here, that um, that elimination communication uh, is not a form of potty training. Um, it, the focus is on the communication side of things. And um, I know with people who I've known over here who have practiced it and myself as well um a lot of the the issues that we sometimes run into um can be surrounding our need to let go of being in charge um and putting our complete trust in this little person which can be very hard to do especially with um society telling us, you know, who should be in charge and everything. And also the um, the love, lovely um, side effect of EC being that, you know, we, we can catch um, peas and poos away from the body, less mess and everything. Um, there can be a bit of a sort of, you, you enjoy that side of things, so you want it to continue sort of thing. So when, when communication issues do come up, it can be quite frustrating, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's for people who maybe Yeah, and know at least in Sweden, most, most people really use, uh, use a diaper on the baby as a backup. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, Full-time here. or part-time or just, and you use... I think it's important when it comes to elimination communication that you... You practice it at a level that's uh, functional for your family. Or mm. like mm-hmm. um, some people only do it at home. Some people only do it when they're out and about yeah. because it's easier if you're carrying them a lot. I I have a question for you um, about this whole the whole elimination communication thing because um, it is very much from. All the information that I have read over the years is very much um, sort of offered up as this thing that you can practice as little or as much as possible and it it won't affect the baby or child in any way. Um, but for me, I've felt that... that Each family obviously needs to practice it to whatever level is most beneficial for themselves, as as you just said. But is there is there an issue that comes up if we're not keeping the dialogue going? Do you know what I mean? Mm. If um, yeah, so if, yeah, yeah, if babies, you know, if we're saying. Mm. Oh, we're. I'm. I'm only going to do it when I'm at home. I'm not going to do it when I'm out. Is it? Is it detrimental in any way to then switch off and effectively ignore the baby's signals when you're out and about? You know, to when when they're expecting you to communicate back to them. How do you feel about that? For most babies, I would say I. I don't think there's any like bad effects or so uh, because they would learn that okay in this environment home we do it like this 
and with another environment being outside okay we don't um, and it can also be different like with okay the mother does it this mm-hmm. way and um, if she got a partner um, does the father or the other mother to the baby does it another way and usually babies learn that okay mm-hmm. different grown-ups will take care of me in, in different ways mm-hmm. uh, and they will be fine with that and, and um, but if the baby is really showing clear signs that it wants to poop on the potty, it wants to poop in the position, the spread squat position, then it can be difficult not to listen to that because it might mm. uh, give the baby constipa- uh, constipation mm. if, if you don't listen to those signals. Uh, but usually with those babies, you're probably pretty motivated to facilitate the opportunity to to poop uh, on a potty or a ta- toilet mm. because usually it's it, I mean it's much less mess uh, to yeah. take care well, take care of and well, usually those babies will hold themselves for a bit also and they will be mm. probably pretty loud in in wanting <laughs> their communication <laughs> yeah so if you if you have a baby that is really showing clear signals that I want I'm going to poop in the potty otherwise I'm not going to poop then of course you have to facilitate that otherwise mm. So yeah, what what I'm kind of more <clears throat> more thinking about is just literally just the communication side of things rather than mm-hmm. the act of helping them to eliminate. Um and it's just because um because I've my my observations um my limited observations um as not many people I know have um actually practiced it over here and with my children especially, um, has been noticing the frustration when they're trying to communicate and, like, we're not responding back to them. So, like, for example... um, Do you mean just with elimination communication or communication in general? Well, I guess communication in general, but I'm I'm specifically talking about EC at the moment. Um, So... But what what I'm trying to ask is um, is is it important to actually just keep the dialogue going? You know, if we're seeing the communication happening, um, or does it teach them that we're 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 not listening to them? So, for example, um, but I you could but you could listen, but you could listen and give another suggestion. Yeah, no, uh, the, yeah, like this is okay, mummy doesn't yeah. have time to yeah. to mm-hmm. take you to the potty right now, so you can pee yeah. in your diaper. Exactly. So yeah, continue com- yeah. communicating, but then I think if you then continue saying that, oh, I hear you, you can pee in your diaper. Uh, of course, they can continue for months on to communicate that they will pee in their diaper. But I think a lot of babies will stop communicating then. Like we had the flu, the family had the flu. Mm. Uh, and uh, I was like too exhausted to do anything about mm. listening to the signal. So I think it took maybe two days and my baby stopped signaling. And maybe it was about six months or something. Mm. Uh, and then after two weeks, I was like, okay, now, <laughs> now I'm ready again. <laughs> And then it took about half a day and he would start signaling again. Mm. And he didn't seem like, he was like, okay, you know, now we're on again, you know. And I think so much is happening in the baby's development Mm. continually. They have a certain, like, 
days or weeks when they make leaps in their development, but mm-hmm. otherwise they continue development all the time. So I think so much new stuff is happening and like their their world are changing mm. uh, at these leaps. Uh, so I think uh, I don't. I think babies will learn. Okay, now we have a new routine. Uh, but it's it's like if you look at like attachment, it's important that like you try to listen to the baby's signals, and of course you can miss as well. It's not mm-hmm. like the baby's gonna have a, but the baby will still have a secure attachment even though you like miss a feeding or mm-hmm. miss a communication about yeah. feeding. But like if you do it sometimes during the day you will answer the baby's feeding signals and sometimes during the day you will be like oh no you can just lay there and scream you know uh, the the attachment won't be secure but i don't think since the baby will pee it will pee in the diaper in the pants that they have on them it's not like when it comes to feeding it needs the tummy needs to get full, you know. Mm. But with the elimination communication, they can still eliminate wherever they are, mm-hmm. even though. So I think it's I think it's a difference compared to feeding. Yeah, uh. yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think it goes back to again, doesn't it, that every baby and child is individual and responds differently to different yeah and something i also would like to add yeah something yeah yeah oh sorry (laughs) it's okay (laughs) no but something i would like to add as well is that when it comes to elimination communication if if the if the parent or the the caregiver is giving too much focus on the elimination communication getting too stressed or like oh i want to catch every pee or mm-hmm. stuff like mm-hmm. that usually the baby gets tired of that and the yeah. parent gets tired of mm-hmm. that as well and then the baby will start to protest yeah, a bit like I've squirming or that. not wanting to yeah. sit on the potty so it's like um it's a balance there so mm. um i definitely also have to keep in that. mind yeah the the hovering and yeah yeah so that on. doesn't work so yeah. you need to have kind of like a, a relaxed uh, you need to be relaxed but also at the same time be you have to be attentive maybe mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. relaxed about it so yeah um, definitely and they pick up on your stress don't they anyway yeah. yeah and usually yeah and usually was like for me caring like baby wearing or in, in arms caring is so much connected to baby wearing because if you carry your baby in your arms or you have it in the, in the sling or carrier, soft carrier, it makes usually elimination communication so much easier. Yes, because definitely. You, because you don't have to be attentive by looking at the baby or you could just, you have the baby on your body and you feel the baby's expressing like grunting or not feeling comfortable. You feel it such, you feel the subtle uh, mm-hmm. communication from the baby and usually the baby will hold the pee and the poop if it's communicating, it, it will hold the pee and poop longer when you have it on mm. your body. Not for like yeah. hours, but say for no. like fa- five minutes or 15 yeah. minutes when it's like six months old. Because they don't want to old. eliminate on you, do they? Yeah, <laughs> so there's like, so I would say like mm, to carry the baby is really, really, and using baby wearing is really beneficial when it comes mm. to, to EC. Yeah, so I thought maybe we can... Um, answer another one of the questions mm-hmm. um which will also tie into um carrying and communication so if we cover 
a bit of that at the end as well about um, communication when when they are being carried in arms. Um, we've we've talked a lot about EC, which is helpful as well. Yeah, I got a um, lot of focus but, on EC. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fascinating subject, isn't it? Um, but yeah, maybe we can talk a little bit about how, the ways um, babies and children communicate on body in the carrying process. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so where should we start with that? Should we start by talking about that or answering the question first, do you think? I guess we could say the question, it was the one with Linnea Gelfgen, I guess, with the, I would like to get suggestions on how to answer when people say, my baby does not want mm. to be in the sling or carrier. Yeah, yes. And I guess we talked about that uh, also last episode. Uh, and then we referred to babies being about four months old and protesting uh, being in the sling and carrier. And... Um, you could try if you were a sling and a carrier, you could try a different position, I guess, uh, to see if the baby is more satisfied. Maybe you can have an arm out or sit on the hip or so. But but also to, to take the baby out of the sling and the carrier is also a suggestion mm-hmm. to make, because maybe the baby is communicating here that it wants to be more active and it's, it's carrying and not to be restrained by a sling or a carrier. Yeah, so that's that kind of tends to be sort of the missing piece of information generally, doesn't it, when it comes to this um this issue for caregivers, um the fact that there there is another another possibility um to resolve what's going on here um in in terms of the the active in arms carrying mm-hmm. as um it's not well known obviously but yeah so babies can and will communicate that they they want to be active participants in carrying and when they're communicating this it's interesting because the the type of communication that goes on between um baby and caregiver in active carrying is different to in slings and carriers. Uh, we've touched on this before, I think, um, possibly in the previous podcast or just, you know, in our general chats anyway, <laughs> um, that active carrying um, is is something which happens during an a- active and alert state. The baby needs to be in a certain state of alertness um, to participate in this and um, the communication that goes on between baby and caregiver at at this level with the environment around them um, tends to be fairly different to the communication that goes on in slings and carriers, doesn't it? yeah, I think it was last episode, wasn't it, where you mentioned um, somebody had mentioned to you how they had noticed, you know, my baby is never bored when they're actively being carried. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it's really interesting. Both the communication that, you know, I don't want to be in the sling or carrier. Um, obviously, sometimes we need them to be and need to work around that. But if we don't need to 
we don't need them to be in there, maybe uh, we can try meeting that need um, in a different way and see if it is that they want to be carried actively. If the baby are in the sling or carrier and is frustrated like it's been sleeping and then wake up and screams or wriggles and really clear about wanting to get out, it can also be uh, that it needs to pee and poop uh, and it's signaling really clearly. So that's also an answer to this question and something that you can try if the if the baby doesn't want to sin- sit in the sling or carrier. Try to let it out, and and if you practice elimination communication, you can put it on the potty or hold it over the sink. Or if you don't practice elimination communication, you can sit like hold your baby in a spread squat position. You keep the diaper on and just hold it on your lap, but you you face the baby outwards. Could be something to try, and then maybe the baby is satisfied with um, sitting tummy to tummy in your arms or to go back in the slinging carrier again after it had the possibility to pee or poop and if needed to poop of course you have to change a diaper after that i think why it's important to listen to babies communications has different levels and i guess at a very basic and very important level is when we answer babies needs like for feeding um and do that um as a routine not once in a while we do it as a routine we always mm. as much as we can try to answer baby's needs uh, they are building pathways of neurons in their in their brain that are making expect expectations of positive outcomes of their needs like mm. i feel hungry uh, okay, uh, my mom and dad answer to this need in a certain way. Okay, and then if they you continue to answer in the cer- in a certain way, a lot of times like feeding them, uh, they will have a positive expectation of, okay, my need is important and it will be mm. met. And um, and what also you can see when the baby grows older, if you if you like use baby sign language to give the baby more opportunities to be able to communicate you have much less frustration um and i guess that's also like why would it be important to listen to the baby's communication when it comes to caring i think also because you could have much less frustration and i do think um it's difficult to understand baby communication uh, for for most of us you learn Mm. as you kind of go on with your baby mm. the parent is the best one to interpret the baby to baby mm-hmm. it doesn't matter mm-hmm. i mean you can never be an expert on someone else's baby so it's always mm-hmm. the parents that's the best uh at, at interpreting the baby but it can still be difficult um yeah but um i think when it comes to caring it's important because it's um you also are showing that okay your your communication is important to me what you're trying to communicate mm-hmm. and i'm mm-hmm. trying to understand and then babies are okay also with being mis- misunderstood and they give you many many opportunities mm. also when it comes to um ec they give me many under- opportunities to try to understand uh, and if you don't understand they will start communicating in another way <laughs> so um <laughs> Um, but it's like if a feeding is a very basic level, I guess communication when it comes to caring is also important. But it's it's not like I'm thinking like when it comes to building a secure attachment, you have mm. many different um, tools or scenarios or situations in your everyday life that uh, 
will help you with the secure attachments. You don't have to carry, you don't have to use elimination communication to get a secure mm. attachment, but it can help out in your everyday life. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's um, it's important to kind of sort of flip it the other way around and um, think about, you know, why, why is it, like you say, why is it important um, to listen to and communicate back to your baby or child um if we think about well how would we feel or how do we feel if we're trying to communicate something um to someone and (laughs) funnily enough uh this was happening to me yesterday with my husband going round and round in circles trying to like communicate something and he's just he's he's not listening to what i'm saying he's he's hearing the words that he wants to hear and it's so frustrating and you think oh my goodness can you imagine you know i'm being able i'm able to articulate what i'm trying to say and this is just willful misunderstanding <laughs> in this situation but you think of a baby or child who's having to communicate in all these different ways that you know the caregiver you know may not understand and stuff like how how frustrating it must be if you know if if we're not making a conscious effort to communicate back to them as well because that's another thing with EC it's it's a two-way street it's not just about the baby communicating to you you know Mm -hmm. it's it's reinforcing yes I, I I did hear you you know when when they make their signal even as a newborn say oh I hear you 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 need to go pee or poo or whatever it's it's building up a two-way <clears throat> a two-way dialogue isn't it so yeah yeah and, really and as well when it comes to caring to communicate with them verbally about what's going to happen mm. uh, like I'm gonna put you up on your on my back or mm-hmm. uh, now I'm gonna lift you up and do that communicate verbally it will also help them especially when they get a little bit older to be prepared okay, now I'm going up on the back. And it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. if you're gonna, um, you're holding the baby on a slide and it's quite small and you maybe you count down and say, okay, on three, I'm gonna put, you're gonna go down the slide um, mm. for them to prepare their body. And I know mm-hmm. you have written, write a blog post about that as well, that you could, there was a study that you could see that the babies prepare themselves to oh, be yeah. lift mm-hmm. up because they see that you're yeah. coming. So, I mean, you communicate with your body language, uh, but you yeah. could also... Um, communicate even more clearly or in several ways mm-hmm. by you use your body language but also you use your voice as well telling them what's mm. going to happen yeah well this is as as we thought this is a really fascinating subject and we could do multiple podcasts on it and um, maybe in a future one um, we could do one about um the yeah actually focusing on the communication in the carrying process mm. um so maybe maybe you listeners can let us know if that is something that you may want to hear from us about in future but, um yes yeah, and give us some questions like as well if yep. you have certain questions about caring and, and communication mm. uh, mm-hmm. i think maybe now where i got more questions about uh, elimination communication mm. when I ask for questions on like baby communication is because it's it's so 
cle- communication is so clearly mm. connected mm-hmm. to elimination communication for everyone yeah. practicing it. It's, it's and maybe <laughs> for the ones practicing baby wearing or in arms carrying, they don't think that much about the communication, even though it's mm. such a central part of it. Mm. Mm. Still. Yeah, EC is fascinating, and I'm sure we will do many more podcasts focusing on different aspects about it as well. Yes, everything is like yeah. linked together. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, so I guess we say bye for now. Yep. For this episode. Okay. Bye. 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 <laughs>